Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. Well, it's Vision Builders this this uh, this week or this month. It's kind of like Vision Builders Month, and uh, I just I just thought I wanted to share a, a few thoughts around money, vision, vision builders, kingdom. So the time my message this morning is the, is the kingdom of, or the spirit of this world versus the kingdom of our God, or something like that. Or, this, or the spirit of his kingdom. The spirit of this world versus the spirit of his kingdom. All right. So come with me. First Kings chapter 10. First Kings chapter 10. Reading from uh, verse 1. In the same translation Jesus used, the New King James. It says, now when the queen of Sheba, when the queen of Sheba heard. Now, she was the queen of Ethiopia. Ethiopia today is bankrupt pretty much and impoverished. Back then, it was one of the wealthiest places in the earth. Today, Ethiopia still has one of the, the most fertile soils in the world. And it's not the condition of the soil that determines the, the prosperity, believe it or not. It's the corruption in the government. America has resources. We were, we were under Trump almost fine, completely energy independent. And now we've got sky-high gas prices because it's got nothing to do with what's in the ground. It's got everything to do with what's governing the region. When you cross the border into Tijuana, it's the same sky. It's the same Pacific Ocean. It's the same mountain terrain. It's the same temperature. It's the same climate. But you'll notice... Can't, you know, we're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. We've, we've crossed a border and there's poverty and there's struggle and there's lack. Is there something different in the ground? It's got nothing to do with the ground. It has everything to do with the government. It has everything to do with the leadership. So that's why I think it's irresponsible for you as a pastor to get involved in politics. It's like, no, um, read your Bible and then come back. And once you've read your Bible... Or once you believe the Bible, then let's have a conversation. But I'm not going to argue with idiots who don't read what the Bible says. The Bible teaches us that our wrestle is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers, against the thrones and dominions, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So just so you know, they are hosting wickedness. They are getting they are getting pedophiles, men dressed up as women, to go into libraries and into preschool classrooms to teach. They, 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 they are trying to, they are hosts of wickedness. They're not just happy to, to facilitate wickedness. No, they want to host. They want to host it in a preschool near you, in a library near you. And so our wrestle is against those principalities, powers, thrones, and dominions. And But hang on, if I say something, you know, They'll say something nasty back. Absolutely. You will be persecuted. Otherwise, there's no... The, 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 the persecution down here is directly in correlation to the crown that you get up there. Paul says, there's a crown laid up for me. 
The, the, the crown isn't your accomplishments. The, cra- the crown is your willingness, your steadfastness to hold the line, to stay true, to stay true to the cause, to preach the gospel, whether praised or persecuted, to preach the truth, whether it's rejected or accepted, but to hold the line. And trust me, you and I are going to get persecuted, but the more persecution you get down here, the more praise you're going to get up there. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me in this generation... He says, then uh, you'll find that when you get to heaven, the the holy angels will be ashamed of you. But if in this generation, in, in the wickedness before ungodly people, if you stand up for me here, you'll be shouted down when you get up there. So I've made a decision that if I live to 100 on, on, on the earth compared to eternity in heaven, I'm glad to take some heat. I'm glad to have shade thrown at me. I'm glad to have stones thrown at me. I'm glad to be persecuted for the hundred years down here then and miss out on for all eternity. That guy was a boss. That guy stood up for the kid. Did you see that? In his time, in his hour, in his generation, he refused to back up. He refused to back down. He stood for the kingdom of God. He, he was a defender of the faith. Come on. In, in a million years time, we'll all look back and I don't want anybody to look back and say, duh. Man, Pastor, if only you were more bold. I refuse that. Amen. All right. So the Queen of Sheba uh, heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. So she came to test him with hard questions. So she, you know, she'd heard of the fame of Solomon and then, you know, concerning the name of the Lord because there's power in his name. So she thought, okay, you know, there's power in his name. I, I wanna, I'm going to go and test him with hard questions. In, in, this, in this story, the queen of Sheba represents the spirit of the world. It represents the spirit of this world. And we'll, we'll see it in a moment. And I want you to know the spirit of this world has heard of the fame of God's church, God's servants, Solomon. And the, the power of his name. But it wants to test us with hard questions. That's why when people say, well, you know, it's so sad I hear pastors say, well, you know, we don't really talk about fill in the blank. Well, we try to avoid controversial issues. No, 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 darling, darling. They're, They're testing you with hard questions. What Solomon didn't say is, well, we avoid those things. We don't want to be controversial. The last thing we want to do is offend anybody's feelings. The last thing we want to do is rain on people's parades. No, no, no. Solomon is telling the truth. If you have not seen Matt Walsh, what is a woman? He's asking people, what is a woman? And then he's on on the Dr. Phil show. And Dr. Phil is a sellout. So I hope you, you realize that Judas, it's the Judas spirit. You know, I'll just, I'll say anything, be anything for money. Um, it's, a, it's a, a, an intellectual, moral prostitute. Uh, I'll say, I'll do whatever, just pay me money. And so, so there's, a, there's a man with a beard, with long hair and eyeliner and makeup, and trying to have a go at Matt Walsh, and he says, you know, whoever identifies as a woman is a woman. A trans woman is a woman. And Matt Walsh is like, you're not hearing me. What is a woman, define a woman, whatever you want it to be. No, 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 no. 
like you've got to have a definition of a woman if a trans if a trans woman is also a what is a and they nobody all the way through the show nobody could answer and has a magnificent ending but all these intellectual giants all these people and and one of the professors uh you know, gets really angry when he says, you know, I'm just trying to get to the truth. Oh, if you're going to use hostile language like that. Oh, uh, what was hostile? Oh, using the, the, the word truth. That's a hostile word. Well, it is. It is when you live in, in a bubble of lies. It is when you live in the bubble of lies. And let me tell you why, why it's important. Why it's important. Jesus, when he was with Pilate, Pontius Pilate, just before he's about to be crucified, Jesus said, all those who are of the truth, that's in the Gospel of John. In the Gospel of Luke, it says, all those who love the truth come to me. In fact, all the way through the New Testament, you'll realize that the people that perish, the people that perish, the people that end up in hell, the people that end up in eternal damnation and separation from God, are people who did not love the truth did not love the truth. God is truth. God doesn't have truth. God doesn't tell the truth. God is truth. It is impossible for God to lie because he is truth. So to love truth is to love God. To shun truth is to shun God. So this test in this world is when God's word went forth, his word goes forth as truth. But Satan comes to unravel, has God really said? Has God really said there are only two genders? Has God really said that you should wait till marriage till you have sex? God, has God really said that you ought to give the first hand? Has God really said thou shalt have no other gods before me? Has God really said? And so, so the, the great battle in this earth, and so the church is meant to be, we're meant to be the, the, the house that says this is what God has said. This, so that's why the temptation, I love Jesus because he just doubled, doubled down, smashes the devil in the face because Satan sees that he's hungry for 40 days. Oh, if you're the son of God, command these stones to be bread. And Jesus just turns around and says, it is written. He says, not only has God said it, but let me tell you who I am. Born of the house of David, an Israelite, a Jew. I want you to know that us Jewish people, we don't just believe that God has said it. We wrote it down and study it. We wrote it down so we could memorize it. We wrote it down so we could learn it because from Zion, the law shall go forth. Let me tell you, I'm a bastion of not just what God said, but we meditate. It is written. You shall, you shall not... Uh, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In other words, devil, let me tell you, it is written. And then where I live is on Logos, what God has says, but I move by Rhema, what God is saying. Man does not, it's a, that's where I live. So if, if you want to try and attack me, I live between these two, two pillars. The pillars of God has said and what God is saying. God has said and what God is saying. But I ain't deviating and I ain't going to use my anointing and my power to feed myself I'm not going to turn stones into bread for my ministry my no 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 unless God tells me I ain't doing it so I, lo I love that anyway so I don't know how I got there but some to test him with hard questions she came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue
with camels that bore spices, very much gold, precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was, all that was in her heart. So Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain it to her. So Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing so difficult that he could not explain it to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Then she said to the king, it was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However... I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes. And indeed, the half of it was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame of which I heard. Happy are your men and happy are those servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you, setting you on the throne of Israel because the Lord has loved Israel forever. Therefore, he made you king to do justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold, several billion in gold, spices in great quantity, precious stones. Then never again came such abundance of spices as the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. I love that because it's, it's a clash of two sovereigns. It's a clash of two sovereigns. But I want to just kind of dig down just underneath a little bit and pull the layers back because it's not just a clash of two sovereigns, the, the king of, of Israel and the queen of Ethiopia coming together. There's actually two spirits, the spirit of the world, queen of Sheba, and the spirit of his kingdom in Solomon. And I, wanna, I want you to notice the difference. And the reason we're doing this is because I, I, I want to just teach this one. I want to take a moment this morning just to teach you on biblical finance, on biblical wealth, on, on, on what does the kingdom say about what the church should have and shouldn't have? What, the, what does the Bible say what Christians should have and shouldn't have? So, so, so I, I've never, I've traveled with my, my beautiful Leanne for over 30 years but never once has she said, honey, um, I want to make sure that when, wherever we go, whether it's Cabo or whether it's Hawaii, wherever we go, I want to make sure that we're taking all of our gold, all of our silver. Um, let's hire some dromedary beasts, some elephants and some camels to carry the spices and the rich tapestries and, you know, all that. She, she's, she's never asked, you know, to take stuff. But yet the queen of Sheba... Has, has she's coming to visit Solomon. She's coming, she's made an appointment. He's expecting her. But, but as she comes into town, what goes before her and what is present around her is her, is her wealth. And the reason she's doing this is because she, 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 wants, she, she wants her greatness to be seen. She, she, she wants people to know that she is, she is this great sovereign, this great ruler of a great empire, and that she also has wealth. And she also, your, your, your King Solomon, he's not the only one that has wealth and prosperity and blessing. So, so she's coming in. But I want you to notice this, and this is, this is kind of what I'm trying to zero in on. 
is that to her and to the spirit of this world, your wealth is your status. Your wealth is used to portray status. She, she comes in to say, hey, look at me, look at my stuff. My stuff says I'm somebody. Now, you and I know that, you know, stuff comes and goes. If, if, you're, if your identity is based in your stuff, you have misplaced. You, you are, that, that is like quicksand. Your identity is not in your stuff. It's in your God. It's who God says you are. But she has not met God yet. And so, so her identity is in her Porsche. Her identity is in her yacht. Her identity is in her mansions. Her identity is in her things. Her, her identity is in her bank account. Her, her identity is in her fame. Her identity is in her success. So, so, so the world uses wealth... It uses the gold that God put in the earth to edify self, to glorify self, to promote self, to exalt self. That's, that's the spirit of the world. Remember when Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar uh, wanted everybody to worship him in Daniel chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar wanted everybody to worship him. So, so he comes up with this brilliant idea saying, I'm going to make a, a, an image of me. <laughs> I couldn't think of a higher one or a greater one. So he makes an image of himself, the Bible says. 60 cubits high, six cubits wide. So you see the six, six. But the Bible says this. It says that the image was made of solid gold. Because it's the spirit of this world uses the gold put in the earth, not to glorify God, but to exalt myself. And when you see, look at this gold, look at the gold speaks of my divinity, speaks of my magnificence, speaks of my majesty, speaks of the, the, the gold is there. Now, when she comes to Solomon, the Bible says, when she came to Solomon's meager hut, put together by a number of branches that were still growing and hanging on the trees and material was thrown over the top, half of it had blown away in the wind. But Solomon sat there and he's worn out, Worn out flip-flops, <laughs> holes in his T-shirts, eaten by moths, and said, you know, I'm poor because I'm dependent upon the Lord. <laughs> Which would please all the religious nutters that have a problem with oh, awake and teaches that prosperity gospel. When she comes to Solomon, can I tell you, the possession of gold that she's bringing is outmatched and some because the temple is overlaid with gold. Everything she sees, the golden lampstand, the Ark of the Covenant is overlaid inside and outside with gold. The Holy of Holies, gold. There is gold everywhere. There is gold everywhere. But watch this, when she comes into this house and she sees the stuff that she brought that was her status, she sees in the house, she sees the spirit of his kingdom where Solomon is modeling to her darling, the gold in the earth, the highest use, the greatest 
value for this gold in the earth is to glorify him the resources in the earth they are at their highest use they are at their most fruitful when we use this to magnify him to exalt him to point to him to glorify him you came in with questions you came in with a heart longing for answers darling because your 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 identity is misplaced it is placed in your stuff and there's never going to be enough stuff to fulfill that hole and so you'll burn people and you've got slaves and you're beating the backs of slaves to try to get them to dig deeper and discover further and, and harvest greater because you, you, your, your, your longing is never fulfilled whereas my identity comes in the one who sat me on the throne who, who endowed me with wisdom beyond my years and beyond my understanding I'm using it to glorify God see Nowhere does it, does it say that, that Solomon wasn't meant to have gold. Don't buy into the lie that God doesn't want you to have stuff. Don't buy into that lie. It is a lie from the devil. God has no problem with you having stuff. He just has a problem with stuff having you. He has no problem with you having things. He has a problem with things having you. He has no problem with you having wealth. He just has a problem with wealth having you. So always make the decision that I, am, I have no problem. The gold and the silver and the spices and the jewels and all the resources that are in the world, God put them there for his sons and daughters. God did not put them in there uh, for the wicked. The Bible says that God gave, God put Adam in a garden. God put Adam in a garden to tend and to keep the garden. We know it's called the Garden of Eden. But, but before God put Adam in a garden, he gave Adam a, a world vision. He said to Adam, I want you to fill the earth. Be fruitful, multiply. Exercise dominion, subdue. I want you to global vision. But every global vision has to have a, a local expression. So I'm going to put you in the garden to tend and to keep it. Because you, there's some lessons. Because how you do anything is how you do everything. If you can be faithful in what is least, then you'll be faithful in much. But if you can't be faithful in what is least, it's not going to go well. And the Bible says that from Eden, a river flowed out of Eden. So when Adam's like, well, where do I start? We'll follow the water. Because if there's no water, your plants, your crops, your, your, your animals die. So, so you follow the water. The Bible says that the very, very first junction... The, the river that flowed out of Eden became four river heads. And the first one, the Pishon, skirted the land of Havilah, where there is fine gold. Where there is fine. And the gold of Havilah is the finest gold in all the earth, the Bible says. But it's interesting. God did not say to Adam, now, Adam, whoa, 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 whoa what are you doing? Look at this gold. Yeah, it's not for you. That's not for you. That's for George Soros. That's for Gates. That's for the wicked. No, 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 son. Come on, keep moving. I didn't put the gold in there for my children. I put it in there for the wicked so they could fund wicked schemes. Don't even compete with them. If they come to take it, just let them. No, no, no. The gold and the wealth never apologize. Never apologize. God put the gold. He put the silver. He put the oil. He put the jewels. He put the, he put the resources in the earth for his sons and his daughters. And all you've got to make sure that, you, that, that happens is are you using the resources on the earth to grow? 
glorify him or are you using them on a bottomless pit to try to say, hey, I'm somebody. Look at me. Is it is it your status or is it his glory? Is it your status or is it his glory? And you'll find that if you give him glory, if, if it's all about his glory, you will find that you will have prosperity and blessing all the days of your life. Because come on, how many people know if, if it comes... Uh, if it comes through you, God will make sure to get it to you. Did you know that God gives seed to the sower? God's got no problem with, but he will redirect his finances. That's why give and it'll be given, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Whoever gives, more will be given back to you. How does that work? Because God redirects it. God is looking for distribution arms. God is looking for distribution houses. You are called and created to be a distribution house in, in the kingdom. Leanne and I have found, and we started 30 years ago, and God did this intentionally, disowned by my father, and then under a leader that could not manage money. So for the first seven months while I was dating her, I had to work part-time at the, the post office to to. To, to raise money and then when we did get uh, get married and got put on a salary the salary was so uh, pittance that we could not make it on the salary so God then began to teach us biblical finance we, we began to realize we couldn't survive on a hundred percent because the curse was working against us so almost inevitably we began to tithe we began to sow. We began to give. Every time we gave, it was just incredible what happened. We found that we couldn't get a breakthrough from an earthly realm, but we found that supernaturally a window seemed to open in response to us trusting God, in response to us honoring God. In res- when, when, when God and God did that intentionally to show us the power that if we will use wealth to glorify Him, He will keep redirecting and keep redirecting, keep redirecting. I remember when we moved to San Diego, when we moved to San Diego, what we gave in our first year in San Diego is what we earned. What we gave in 2005 was what we earned in 2004. Now we're at the, 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 the place where it's, it's, it's what, 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 what we give now so exceeds what, what we were earning 10 years ago. It's, it's an incredible trajectory. But what happens is when you give, when you use finances to honor God, it, we, God gives seed to the sower. So, so status is the glorifying of self. Honor is the glorifying of God. That's why the Bible says, honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your increase. If you see your stuff to honor God, if you see everything that you have, everything that comes to you to honor God, and if you will take a first fruits, when God blesses you, when God gives you a bonus, when you get a raise, when somebody blesses you with something, honor God straight away. Take a first fruits, take an offering. I can't tell you how many times Leanne and I have been blessed, and the first thing we do on a Sunday is we'll go and give a, a first fruits offering. We'll just, you know, just on the app, just go and put in whatever it is because we want to keep honoring God. We are so grateful for God. And I am telling you, it will continue to increase when, when you put God first. Does, does that make sense? So religion says you should have no gold. Let the wicked use it. But come on, how many people know we don't bow to a religious spirit? We understand a kingdom spirit. And a kingdom spirit says, I put the gold, I put the resources in the earth, compete with the wicked that want to glorify themselves because we, we use that gold, we use that silver to glorify God. Why, why, why do we spend money? Why do we negotiate? Why do we have you know, millions of dollars that, that, that we're believing God for 
to buy buildings. Are the buildings there to glorify us? No, the buildings are there to glorify God. The buildings are there to exalt God. The buildings are there to create houses, to create altars where God's power flows, where addictions are broken, chains and shackles are loosed off people's lives, where marriages are transformed. Can we just honor uh, Dr. Matt and beautiful Pastor Michaela for what I believe was the greatest marriage retreat we have ever had this last weekend. It was exceptional exceptional people sat at a table like Solomon. Well, let me, let me just give you a, quick, a few quick thoughts because I can see the time is almost up. So the Bible says that uh, when she saw the wisdom of Solomon, I want you to notice it doesn't say when she heard the wisdom of Solomon. Did, did you catch that? It says when she saw the wisdom of Solomon. Because she came testing him with questions. If someone asks you a question, you give them an answer. She saw it. So, so that tells me then that wisdom goes beyond rhetoric. The wisdom goes beyond words. And isn't that true? Jesus says wisdom is known by her children. Wisdom is known by her offspring. Wisdom is known by what it produces. Don't tell me you got wisdom. The Bible says there is a, there, there is a, 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 a man with wisdom, but he's poor and nobody listens to him. Why does nobody listen to him? He, he, he says he has wisdom. People will say, well, if you're so wise, how come you ain't got no stuff? If you're so wise, how come your life doesn't reflect it? Wisdom is known by her children. The Bible says through wisdom a house is built. Please understand, I am not smart enough to move to a foreign nation with three little boys with just $100,000 on our mortgage, $60,000 promised over 12 12 months, $5,000 a month of support from Oxford Falls, from Sydney only to find that three months in, God had so blessed our sacrifice and so breathed on our teaching that we were able to say, hey, listen, that money, give it to somebody else. Send it to, give, give it to one of the other churches that are lacking. We're doing good, Pastor. We, 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 are, we are killing it. In the history of the, the C3, that had never happened before. But it's because we began to teach biblical economics. Through wisdom, a house is built. Through... You, you, she saw the wisdom. When you see, when you see El Cajon, when you see in the, surrounded by homeless, surrounded by crime, surrounded by poverty, surrounded by brokenness, here is this building that was derelict, if I was honest with you, Pastor Summer, wasn't it? When we first walked in, poles everywhere, run down, rats, you know. But, but now you, it's, it's breathtaking. But it's, 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 it's a visual image of what's going to happen to each and every life that walks through those doors. We're not just into transforming buildings. We're not in the real estate business. We're in the people business. And, and the testimony that Leanne and I hear countless times every day is awaken, change my life. Awaken, save my marriage. Awaken, transform. Awaken, save my son. Awaken, save my daughter. Awaken, save my family. Awaken, save my finances. Awaken, save... When she saw the wisdom, wisdom is something, don't, don't believe the people who have a big talk, but very little show. Wisdom is seen. It's not just heard, it's seen. I, I know I'm almost out of time or probably am, but let me, let me just say this. And then it says this, it says, uh, 
verse four, when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon and the house that he had built. I'm telling you, Pastor John, I messed, that one messed me. I'm like, I'm just going to skip over it. And Holy Ghost, why are you going to skip over it? Oh, it's awkward. Because, you know, it's one of the areas where we get persecuted. Have you seen Dr. Matt's house? No, no, he's driving Matt's around. Do people need that kind of... When she saw the house that he had built, the house that he had built. Now, in 1 Kings 6.37, it says that Solomon built the Lord's house and it took him seven years to complete it. Seven years to complete the Lord's house. Then that's the end of chapter 6. Chapter 7, verse 1 says, And Solomon also built himself a house, and it took 13 years to build it. So as I'm on the front row in worship, the Holy Spirit says to me, speak on Solomon's house. I'm like, oh, you know, I've got, I don't, I rarely finish. I don't want to. And then the word of the Lord came to me, and it's blown my mind. Nothing is coincidental, and I'm finishing on this. Solomon takes seven years. What's the number of perfection? Seven is perfection. Seven is God's number. What's the number of man? Six. So isn't it interesting? He takes seven years to build the temple. And then he takes another 13 years to build his own house. 13 is seven plus six. So it's God's will plus the effort or the work of man. Seven plus six is 13. But look at the order. He doesn't build his house and then builds God's. He builds God's house and then builds his. God's house and then God blesses him. He builds God's house and then there's seven plus six. I will breathe on you. Now the queen of Sheba, the Bible says when she saw all of these things, the house that he built, the food on his table, the dress of the, the servant, all that kind of stuff. And then it says this, and the entryway by which he went up from his house to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. When, when she saw, I've, ne I've spent all my wealth on building my house, my legacy, me, my... She says, but you sought first the kingdom, his righteousness. You built a house for the Lord your God. And then after you finished the house of the Lord your God, God bless you to build your house and you made sure that your house was attached to his house because his house became the way of escape in times of strife and turmoil. It became a refuge in times of crises. It became a habitation in times where you needed wisdom, when you needed understanding. The wisdom that you carry, I have not found anywhere else in the world, but I recognize it because you have used the gold and the silver and the resources to build a house for the great God where he can dwell and the wisdom, the answers. I had, I had answer, uh, questions in my heart. Nobody, none of the great sages of the East were able to answer. But when I walked into this house and what I saw and what I experienced, so, there was no spirit left here. Come on, how many people know that God is breathing on awakened church, that God is breathing on us to be a place where there's whatever is in people's hearts and whatever is difficult for them to understand when they walk into here, 
They say, my God, we walked into a place and from the, the coffee flowing in the foyer, from the connectors, from the friendliness, from the, from the prayer and the ministry and the marriage ministry and the counseling and the men's ministry and the cherished ministry and the youth ministry and the young adult ministry, that there was no more spirit left in them and they glorify God. Come on, if you believe that, give God a sh- Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.